room at the garden party started screaming. And then they threw their drinks on her to douse out the flame. Only they forgot it was alcohol they were drinking. Oh, my dear God. The horror of the moment was so great. To all extents and purposes, we were just staring at this flaming, screaming scarecrow running across the green lawn in a panic. And we all started laughing. <laughs> Welcome to Queer Horror Cult. We have once again reformed the uh, Spank Bank Think Tank to sit here and talk about delightful pornography and horror and cult movies. Hey! Hey, so of course uh, we have Amy with us. Um, we do not have Aria with us at the moment, but uh, we'll see how the episode shakes out as it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you about your professional student smart brain knowledge about the wonderful exciting world of porn all right so my professional expertise on porn hey Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) so uh i took a degree in women's and gender studies and i happened to do an honors thesis on um porn and specifically how people can use um porn and sex to work through trauma and um also, like, chronic pain and stuff like that. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of where oh, I'm coming wow. from. Yeah. It's <laughs> a pretty heady approach. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little much. Uh, that all stemmed from um, a movie that you should totally watch for this podcast, which is The Life and Death of Bob Flanagan. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I've been That'd wanting be... to track down a copy of this movie. Yeah, it's cheap. And uh, that would be an A-plus spank bang think tank okay. uh, film. Perfect. There's a lot of dick mutilation, so... You know, pretty on brand for us. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of my background. Um, I also like in the process of doing that thesis, uh, watched a lot of porn for research purposes. So I watched a lot of porn for different eras to see like how things changed and um, kind of like what what patterns were and stuff like that. Uh, watched a lot of uh, queer feminist porn. Uh, yeah, so because of that, I now have just a repertoire of porn uh, in my, my brain space, <laughs> and I know a weird amount about it, uh, which serves me so well in uh, working with children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, um, that would. Yeah. Well, um, did you find in researching it that uh, your knowledge, I mean... Presumably, if you studied this, your knowledge, of course, grows. But were there surprising things that you learned or, like, really interesting areas that maybe you hadn't considered before starting? That's a good question. I, um, maybe not so much about, like, specific history, but kind of about um, my own interpretation of, like, porn and also uh, other things. Um, I might get into this a little bit with the recommendation, too. But, uh, okay. like, looking at things that are, like problematic uh especially when they're like dated or and stuff like that like especially about 70s hardcore which is what we're going to be talking about today oh yes uh it's interesting to get something out of out of something but realize that there's problems with it yeah or like realize that like this is really fucked up why is it like affecting me this way kind of thing so i think porn is really interesting that way because it uh you get like a visceral reaction to it because that's the whole point is like viscerality mm-hmm. um and sometimes that visceral reaction is like kind of unwelcome or it's about things that you wouldn't you know admit in the light of day right you like get viscerally affected by <laughs> right so yeah it's kind of a an interesting medium to think about that and to think about like the ways that our brain works kind of against our will and stuff like that 
uh, yeah, I don't know. That's like a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely a realization I didn't have before okay. kind of delving into porn studies. So now it's something I think about all the time. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So the movie we're going to be talking about is pretty buck wild and gonzo and yep. all over the place. <laughs> uh, before we go into that, is there any sort of like weird out there avenue of pornography that particularly tickles you from a what the fuck am I watching kind of way or just that sort of gonzo? Um, yes. I feel like um, like porn parodies is a big one of that. Oh, yeah. Like my brain immediately goes to... Um, there's a Simpsons porn parody where they're all, like, painted yellow. Oh. And they have, like, prosthetics and shit to look like the Simpsons characters. And it's so fucking disturbing, and I love it That's an Uncanny so Valley much. kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's kind of, yeah, like, because they kind of take all, porn, parody, porn parodies take all forms, and they're just, like, I like that they set out to be absurd from the get-go, so. Yeah. But you can still find them on Pornhub and shit. Yeah. As if people are going to jerk off to it. <laughs> I've seen screenshots of the character makeup for a Beavis and Butthead one. Incredible. And they made them look like the drawings. <laughs> and it is a nightmare to behold. You know? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I think that's a great review. I hate this. Yeah. I hate this so much. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anything in particular that you want, wish there was a parody of out there? <gasps> oh my god. What would your dream porn parody be? Um, ooh. Ooh. What would my dream porn parody be? Okay, if this already exists, someone please, like, send it. <laughs> I feel like, um, like a lot of those, like, Nickelodeon, I don't know if it's Nickelodeon, those, like, cartoons we watched as kids, like, I feel like Hey Arnold would be a really good one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming they'd have to age the characters up so we're not stepping our toes into danger territory. I guess you're right. I like. I just. I just want to see someone with a football-shaped head do some fucking. That's what I want. <laughs> um, and what's that? Was it like Doug or something? With like, like Skeeter and yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and sticking around. Those are my top oh, three. Oh dang. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I just want to see, like, how how they make humans look that way. And then also make them fuck. That's very funny. Oh, yeah, I do like <laughs> the idea of doing this, uh, like, live-action versions of cartoons and trying to be fucking faithful to it. Kind of <laughs> like when you see, like, live-action movies based on, on video games and comic books and all these properties where they have to costume out the characters in ways that it's like, this looks like a costume, it's impractical as fuck, and it just kind of looks a little odd in the real world. <laughs> but that's what they wore in the game or comic or whatever, yeah. so. yeah. You just kind of get these weird attire things. But this is, like, the body horror deep dive of that. Yeah, that's I'm, what it is. I mean, there is a SpongeBob porn. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of anything being more body horror than uh, that. No, same. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay, and so there's also this intersection that comes up between horror and porn. Yes. Have you had any, like, mm. encounters with this or... That's a good question. I don't know if I mean, other than tonight's movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, horror and giant scare quotes. (laughs) Truly. Like, a specific title does not come to mind. But, um, for sure, I think it's, like, um, weirdly common, especially when you get into, like, uh, the fact that they, they both kind of have, they seek out the same visceral response, even if it's, like, you know, aimed at a different body part (laughs) oh yeah but like i think that that's a pretty common um thing like that there's porny stuff in horror and there's horror stuff in porn because they're both looking for that like gut reaction okay rather than that like um like intellectual reaction okay um but i can't think of like because i've definitely seen like like stuff where it's like oh we're fucking and now you're murdering me or whatever Mm. but i can't like can't think of like a specific title well, but i do think that's like yeah it's common i can think of a couple that have come up in the past on this podcast mm-hmm. uh i'm thinking joe damato movies and as uh, that stuff like erotic nights of the living dead and porno holocaust mm. um we know this has come up both <laughs> on our podcast and some of our listeners out there you know who you are have uh 
spoken about this at length both on podcasts and on twitter and all that but these movies are something fucking else <laughs> um rock Nights of the living dead is like does not live up to its name in most aspects i mean there are zombies at one point <laughs> and there's a lot of fucking but it's not you know like it's not something i would uh say seek out for a good a good erotic horror night or anything like that <laughs> um but Fair. Porno Holocaust should say it all because it's just like riffing on the cannibal Holocaust name, trying to do mm-hmm. this whole gonzo in your face, edgelord kind of thing. Yeah. But it's about these researchers that go to this island that has been used for atomic testing for the last 30 years and they're going to like study everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's this weird radioactive mutant man on the island that was shipwrecked there and then got all irradiated and now has like <laughs> a two foot long dick and kills people <laughs> with radioactive jizz. And like that's kind of the quality of cinema we're talking here for uh, what is sort of out there when you meet horror and porn. Yeah. When you maybe put the horror first as opposed to, like, this is a porno parody that's horror. Like, Mm -hmm. as there are those there, you've got uh, Evil Head, the Evil Mm. Dead porn version. (laughs) You've got Repenetrator instead of Reanimator. Um, These movies exist. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible is one word for them. That's the thing, like, parodies, man. They're so good. (laughs) The Evil Dead parody has, I may have even mentioned this on the podcast before, if not just talking to friends, but uh, there's just a part when they find the Book of the Dead. And one of them comments, like, oh, why are the pages all stuck together? (laughs) And it's just like, that's kind of where we're at with the humor in this. And I'm sure someone has looked at this, like, maybe many someones, and been like, ah, that's great. I love horror. I love to laugh. But also, this is porn, and this is getting me down kind of thing, right? Yeah. Which is, in my mind, kind of a, not trying to shame anyone, but having seen a a couple nights (laughs) of this movie, it's like, how? (laughs) But, hey, you know, that's none of my business. I kind of love that, though. I love when um, people who are directing uh, sex on screen uh, are trying to walk the line of, like, I want you to be repulsed and turned on at the same time. And I like that they, like, challenge themselves to do that. Um, It's just interesting to, like, kind of not force the viewer, but, like, um, encourage the, the viewer to kind of feel uncomfortable with their, like, desire. Right. Yeah. I just think that's... What a what a fun challenge! Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like why? Why I don't know, but, <laughs> but but I love it. You know, it's like almost they challenged themselves, like they yeah. dared themselves to do this task. Mm-hmm. Not not that like oh, there is such a demand for someone to walk this line. It's like they've taken it upon themselves to yeah to be the uh, trailblazers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie we watched tonight is. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as horror-y or gonzo or edgelordy as uh, stuff like Porno Holocaust, but we watched 1975's Thundercrack Woo-hoo. with an exclamation point. <laughs> and this is about as underground movie as an underground movie can get. <laughs> this was like the definitive midnight movie, porno, comedy, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know what to really say about <laughs> this. It kind of defies explanation in so many ways. It does. Um, yeah, so this is a two-hour and 40-minute long feat of strength that it's just... Uh, <laughs> it's like watching an early John Waters movie, but Nighttime. with more fucking. Yeah. Or you see the fucking. Maybe not more fucking, Yeah. you see the fucking. <laughs> John um, Waters isn't really shy away from fucking, but... Yeah. Yeah. But he's also <laughs> described uh, pornography as being, like, open-heart surgery, where it's just, like, you know, it's, like, so explicit, it does, it's no longer erotic or sexual, it just becomes open-heart surgery and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what you get with this. Yep. Um, figure a bit of a backstory on this one. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in the uh, mid-70s. It was made for very little money, and that's quite apparent. Um, I believe I read somewhere that actors were paid like a hundred bucks a day if they were fucking and then 50 bucks a day for any other day they were shooting because you know there is a plot there is dialogue and there story is. scenes actually there's amazing dialogue in this movie it's non-stop dialogue <laughs> yeah um, so it was made for very little money and I believe the director and writer set out to make this movie that was originally going to be a way to film make a film of their desires but mm-hmm. that got away from them so fucking fast that they just like, all right, we're just going to make the weirdest movie we possibly can. And yep. they definitely 
definitely went for it. They sure did. Um, and then uh, the movie ended up, I believe the negative got destroyed, and there were only a few prints in existence, only one of them fully uncut. And so Synapse Films, I believe, took it upon themselves to restore this movie, which took them over a decade because the quality was so degraded and so hard to parse. Whoa that they had to, like, do a decades-long restoration on the print just to get it serviceable enough to watch. <laughs> and that's what we ended up watching was their Blu-ray that came out for the 40th anniversary. And I don't know that I've quite seen anything like this other than in a John Waters movie. Yeah, I definitely have not, have not seen anything like it. And, yeah, John Waters is the only person I feel like comes close to that level of, like, absurdity. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it was just so amazingly intense. <laughs> and we were talking about earlier how, like, Rocky Horror came out the same year. Right, yes. And it's like, Rocky Horror wishes that they could see this, like, <laughs> fucking bad shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I feel like that's, uh, Rocky Horror is, like, this movie's respectable cousin or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so this was 75. I care to briefly set the scene for sort of a porn primer on what was going on at the time? Sure. Uh, so this is uh, a few years after Deep Throat. Um, and this is kind of the, the, I don't know if it's like necessarily the, the peak of hardcore, but hardcore was kind of the, the name of the game in, in porn. Sort of that golden age kind of thing. Yeah. Kind yeah. of that. Yeah. The golden age of, of, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that kind of porn specifically. Yeah. Um, it's also the, a time period where people were going to theaters to watch porn instead of, um, like, having it in their homes, which is mm -hmm. fun. I don't know if people were going to theaters to watch this, uh, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who would. But, I mean, I also think that um, part of hardcore that people, because um, people, you know, there's the cheesy music and stuff and the, the dated aspect that makes it funny, mm -hmm. but there's actually a lot of humor infused in them, too, like, purposefully. Right. Um yeah, I think we could just kind of forget that people generations before us had a sense of humor and stuff like that. And yeah. hardcore definitely has a sense of humor. Um, yeah, but it was kind of the the time period where instead of just like hinting at sex or like showing like the beginning of of uh, someone when they pull their pants down or whatever, it's like this is like all sex all the time. Everything's explicit. There's close up shots of everything. Mm -hmm. There's like money shots. I don't, to be honest, know if there were money shots before this. I feel like there weren't. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, so that's kind of the, the era that we're diving into with this right. film, and it's definitely explicit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'd mentioned something about, uh, humor at the time, being confused yeah. in these, and that's interesting to think about, because we think of humor in terms of, like, you'd mentioned porn parodies, mm -hmm. and that's, like, a very modern novel kind of idea. Totally. So it's interesting to look back and think about, like, you know, the humor's always been there, you just maybe didn't pick up on it as as widely or you don't that's not what is necessarily remembered mm -hmm. in a collective consciousness from these movies yeah that's totally true yeah i think like i think porn from the beginning has always been kind of humorous yeah um yeah like even even just the fact of like you know burlesque performers like kind of being coy and like laughing while they're doing while they're like doing their acts and stuff mm -hmm. like that yeah it's just always there's always been humor in it and um with hardcore like i feel like they amped up everything including humor mm -hmm. um so there's a lot more like just overt ridiculousness and right. one-liners and stuff like that um which i know like deep throat also there's a lot of that <laughs> which mm -hmm. i know is like there's a whole whole history of bad shit about that movie but yeah it is kind of like a, a pinnacle hardcore movie so yeah um you can you can not saying that we necessarily should ignore any of the negativity but at the yeah. same time if you do try there, there is still that, like, this was a historic landmark movie yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, this movie is probably way less landmark and historic, unfortunately so. <laughs> it I um, wish it was way more historic. <laughs> so we have a basic horror premise at the start of this. It's, mm -hmm. uh, people driving down a country road in the dark and a dark and stormy night yeah and uh, the storm gets so bad that they sort of get marooned well there's an accident too a car accident that leads to a few of the people 
getting burned, but all these people sort of descend on this manor house out in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Yep. And uh, with strange inhabitants, and it's... Uh, <laughs> That's your basic setup of so many sort of gothic horror kind of tales. Yeah. And it even sort of takes the sort of gothic horror anthology sort of setup of these people meeting in the parlor room to tell ghost stories as they all dive into their past kind of thing. So yeah. you kind of get those sort of vibes of those sort of campy, almost like pre-Tales from the Crypt anthology horror stories. Yeah. You even have like the deranged host of the... The manor mm-hmm. um, with Gert. <laughs> Gert is wild. Let's take a minute to talk about Gert here. Let's please talk um, about Gert. As I said <laughs> during the movie, a bit later, I started getting like really big Joan Crawford vibes off of uh, her delivery and mm-hmm. just the sort of ramshackle way that she carries herself and both in her physicality and physically. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, Truly. As um, Aria pointed out while we're watching this, uh, she may have been the progenitor of the queer brow. Yeah. The, like, thick, drawn-on mm-hmm. brow. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's a bit askew in this. It looks like someone glued two felt mustaches to her forehead <laughs> in uh, very lopsided ways. <laughs> yeah. They're about, like, an inch difference in height, and she also draws them directly above her eyebrows. Yeah, she looks perpetually surprised. <laughs> And, like, inquisitive. Uh, Yeah, she also uh, puts her lipstick on just all over the fucking place. And she has, like, those, that, like, drawn-on, like, Cupid's bow, like, way above her lip. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. The kind where, like, I feel like she just put, like, a quarter there between, like, in the middle (laughs) of her lip and drew around it to make this perfect arch. Yes. Um, It's incredible. (laughs) And then she realizes her hair is a mess. Um... Yeah, she's got some messy hair going on, but her her solution is to grab, like, the messiest wig she possibly can, and then proceeds to make herself vomit in the toilet, and while throwing up because of how drunk she is, her wig falls off, and she throws up all over her wig, and then takes it out of the toilet, wrings it out, and puts it back on. Incredible. And that's kind of the introduction to the world of this movie. Yes. All of this is happening while someone's knocking on her door. Yeah. And she's saying, just a minute! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's essentially the intro to, at least to her manor. Yeah. yeah which is... Um, Prairie Blossom Manor. <laughs> Prairie Blossom. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. She's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely, yeah, she takes on so many of those, like, creepy vibes of the person who uh, welcomes you to their home but has, like, ulterior uh, motives, for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, I keep making comments about how mature and, and old she is and all that stuff, and I didn't pick up on that. Mm-mm. Maybe it was a quality of the image thing, because, or maybe it was like, let's uh, get an actor and put on some fake little phony makeup wrinkles to make them look old, or like, I'm not sure what was going on with maybe. that. But she seemed was, like 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was a choice, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Um, but then we have these cars full of people yeah. rolling up, and all we get is some of the best sexual innuendo dialogue between everyone yes. ever. Like, it was like lifted straight from a John Waters script. Yep. Um, I kind of expected it to blow up straight into Pornsville in the drive over, even though that didn't happen. It just stayed in innuendo. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was very... Because um, <laughs> there, it's very, like on the nose the whole film yeah uh people are horned up immediately Mm -hmm. and they all want to fuck each other and they just talk about it forever but then they also do it a lot yeah yeah. so but yeah in the car too i thought it was going to be like full porn mode right away yeah um but this uh (laughs) the creators of this film clearly care a lot about uh world building and exposition (laughs) Uh, I loved every time they introduced a character, the character would say their full name and everything about themselves, like where they come from, what they do, and just, you know, you really, they really made sure they introduced themselves. My two favorites are the one of, um, when, and now it's hilarious that I'm forgetting their names because they say them a million times. Um, but, uh, what's his nuts who's upset that his uh wife Chandler? Yeah, Chandler. Yeah. Um <laughs> that his 
His my wife, wife Susie Lou Phillips of the House of Phillips Unlimited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time he's he'll be like yelling about yelling at someone about his deceased wife, and he goes, "My wife, Susan Lou Phillips." Of Phillips Unlimited. Like, it just kills me. And if he doesn't say it, they'd be like, you mean a house of, <laughs> of Phillips Unlimited? Yeah. And you think they got sponsored by them, except that it's all about it how... It doesn't exist. It's a, yeah, it doesn't exist, and it's all about how it's like this horrible girdle factory that makes flammable girdles. That his uh, wife <laughs> met a tragic demise in a poolside girdle combustion yes. accident. And like that, if anything, that backstory right there is straight out of a John Waters movie. Oh like my it just goodness. it yeah. feels like it's one of the sto- backstories you would have gotten from like actually it reminds me a lot of Desperate Living. When they're in Mortville mm-hmm. and all the different people are telling their backstories of how they wound up in Mortville. Yep. And like you have the uh the wrestler who stomped on the person with heels till their eye popped out. You have the person <laughs> who who um strangled the babysitter and then drowned them in the dog food and just like all these horror stories of how they ended up in like the pits and you kind of get that with these characters a hundred percent um my other favorite version of that is um when the like christian housewife is having sex with bond right and she's talking about uh i don't even know like her brother or something and then she's like and his children with these names they're eight and they're nine (laughs) and they're actually (laughs) fucking while she's telling the story It yeah. is incredible. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. But when they get to the manor, it just, the weird sex just kicks up. Like, yeah. we have um, the return of the bush job, as you pointed out. Yes, from, we do. From uh, Chain, no, was it uh, Daughters of Lesbos that had the bush job? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, between... Uh, the hostess with the mostess and our sweet little what is her name? The uh, Christian housewife lady. Willeen or Oh yeah, Willeen. Yeah. Their names are like out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's even in a bathtub. There's a lot of I feel like in the seventies there was a lot of bathtub sex. Maybe there just always is. Which is interesting because yeah. in horror there's a lot of bathtub murder in the seventies. Like the Jallo has so many people getting drowned in a bathtub kind of Whoa. thing, right? So bathtub sex, bathtub murder, you got mm-hmm. You got a mix going. Yeah. Any students out there, that would be a great thesis. <laughs> the the, uh, the bathtub is the primal scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> splish splash. <laughs> um, and then we get this bedroom that she sends all the people to change out of their wet clothes into. And it's just got the most what the fuck porn art and graphic photos all over the fucking room. And she's yes. peeping through holes in the wall that it turns out the holes are poked out of the eye holes of a picture of George Washington. Yep. And, um, standing behind that picture of the man who never told a lie. <laughs> um, but some of those pictures, like, yeah. it's just like they're just looking around and it's like, oh, there's a kind of graphic cartoon, there's a kind of graphic cartoon, and there's a dude with his hands up, two dudes' buttholes. Yeah. Oh, there's an ass with eyes and lips drawn on it, smoking a cigarette. A cigarette yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the cigarette. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, like, a cross-stitched deer. And like... Yep. <laughs> and these people, they go in there one at a time. And it's just littered with sex toys, and they're just like, wow, look at all these sex toys. I'm just going to pick a random one and use it. Yeah. And it's like, just in this stranger's house, I'm not going to clean it beforehand. I'm definitely not going to clean it afterwards. No. But it's incredible. What the fuck kind of house guests are these people? Truly. And with all of those toys, surprisingly, Gert, when she's using, looking through the people, is using a cucumber the whole time. Hey, yeah. Like, what, what yeah. is that about? Like, lady, you've got some stuff. You don't need yeah. to keep buying and throwing away these cucumbers. To be there, we find out they all belong to her son, so maybe there's that level of, like, just awkwardness there, where it's just like, yeah. I, can't, I can't cross that. But I have to wonder if the peepholes were there before her son no longer existed. Oh, ew. Yeah, sorry. Ooh, sorry that ooh, my brain went ooh, there. Ooh, I, I didn't a lot think of that at all. <laughs> But now that's all I can think about. I know. That's all I thought about from the from the jump. So welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for bringing me in. You, yeah. you just like Freddy Kruegered me into your nightmare. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
I guess, should we talk about the the sun no longer existing? <laughs> I think we should, but I just want to make one quick note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how they've got that, like, weird sort of vaudeville Shriner music going the entire time people are fucking. Yes. And then the guy gets with the blow-up doll, and mm-hmm. it just cuts the music so you can hear the rubber foliing of the, like, yeah. like, a, like squeaky balloons kind of thing. It's, it's incredible. Just fumbling around with his half-deflated blow-up doll. And he's so clearly struggling. Yeah, he's having a hard time. <laughs> oh, and then when, um, I can't remember who it is now, because all the dudes look exactly the same. Yeah, they all have the same haircut, the same mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when the one dude is using the, um, penis pump. Oh, Chandler, yeah. And it just plays the do 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 Oh, like the snake charmer music. Like. Oh, God, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> This fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the sun. Mm-hmm. There's this mystery of this sun, the yes. entire fucking movie. Yep. And what what did you make of this? Um. Well, the whole time because I mean the the premise is that her her husband is is dead. Very decidedly dead. Very decidedly dead and buried in the wine cellar, and the sun no longer exists. And whenever people talk about her son also being dead, she corrects them and says that he no longer exists yeah so um yeah the whole time i'm thinking of like um again of like horror movies of Mm. like the the like uh wretched child who's like locked up in the attic or locked Mm -hmm. up in the basement or something um but they really drew it out it took a really long time it took the entire movie yeah it was yeah not until the very end entire two hour and 40 minute movie yeah um and they keep hinting at this like they they make it pretty plain where it's going too because you know they mentioned the song fairly early into the movie Mm -hmm. and then they mentioned that there's this locked door that toity just really wants to know what's behind it fucking toity fucking toity what a name (laughs) (laughs) um but they so you know there's this locked door some mystery and you know she has a son who doesn't exist yeah and that's like two hours of the runtime is just this sort of being confounded on over and mm-hmm. over again. And yep. just when it's gone away long enough for you to forget, it's like, my son, who doesn't exist. <laughs> and then we've got her son's name is Gerald. Like, at the yeah. very, very end, it's just like, ah, Gerald. And I was like, why I was not expecting that. <laughs> of all the twists and turns, why was the kid being named Gerald the thing that threw me? <laughs> I know. I know. We've been thrown around so much, but that also. Because <laughs> their names are like, Willine. We got Willie and Rue and, and Toity and, and Bond. I almost called him Bong. Yeah. Probably because there's a guy called Bing. There is a guy. There's Bond and Bing. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And then Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> Gert. Um, yeah. Should we give away the big reveal of I think so. the monstrosity that is Gerald? Yeah, we'll put a spoiler warning at the start of this episode. But yeah. Gerald, when they open the door, what do we see? Um... Big ol' nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gerald just sort of stomps up, and he has giganticism or elephantitis of the nutsack. Yep. Like, very huge. Yep. And I love how, for such a cheap movie, that was probably the most convincing effect in the whole movie. It really was. And it's just like, was that like a forced perspective thing? Some dude just like hung his balls in front of the camera while I we had the legs? <laughs> yeah, with like, like Barbie legs or something? Or Ken doll legs, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like how we would have sweeted this movie. Yes. <laughs> As we will immediately do tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> that is how we would do that. Um, yeah. Uh, but then, okay, so he's got these big old nuts, and his uh, mother, again, alluding to incest, just saying, says that she was too weak for him uh, when his nuts got huge, and that he would crush the life out of her. But that there was two people that were strong enough. I don't even know who she was talking to at that point. Buela and someone, and I do not remember these. Sash, or was it Sash the... was the was Rue's friend? That's right. I don't know. Um... No, those were her hens. Her hens would. She all. That's the thing. She was also saying his nuts were too big for her chickens. Like so, was that like being some Pink Flamingos esque thing? Because this would have come out shortly after Pink Flamingos, and we know what the infamous mm... chicken fucking in that one. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. So I don't know what the fuck, but I don't know who she was saying was strong enough for him. And then yeah. just so much was happening in that scene that they just yeah. it just stopped. I don't know. Like, did he? I don't even know where he he went. Like, yeah, <laughs> the movie just kind of ended at that point. Yeah, but not before we also got the big uh, reveal of. 
Bing is transporting a bunch of circus animals when his car goes off the road. Yes. And he comes in to warn them that there is a sex-crazed gorilla on the loose. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, this was a curveball that happened right before the intermission. Yes, this movie has a ten-minute intermission right in the middle there. And it was very nice. (laughs) So it was a good chance to get up, get some popcorn and all that kind of stuff, stretch your legs. But what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, everyone is fucking and revealing their tragic backstories. And then all of a sudden you see um, the shadow of an elephant by the door. And you're like, oh. I guess animals are happening now. Yep. And boy, do they happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Like, of course, being the movie it is, the gorilla is clearly someone in a gorilla suit. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just adds to the charm of the weirdness. Yeah. Um, actually, it gave me big, big vibes of a movie that was almost my recommendation, but mm-hmm. then I realized that I didn't actually think the movie was all that great, so I'm not going <laughs> to recommend it. But Sexkula, another weird, mm-hmm. offbeat, horror porn comedy kind mm-hmm. of thing um, that came out the year before this one did, I think. Oh, okay. It featured a dude in a gorilla suit in a cage who's just, like, sex-crazed as well, and I don't actually remember... Okay, all I remember about that movie, really, is that the movie is going like a movie, and then the movie stops to be about the making of the movie as a porno movie, so it's just, like... It's like... (laughs) They just... It's just filming a porno scene for 20 minutes, and the movie (laughs) kicks back up, but, like, you see all the camera crew and all that stuff, and it's like, what the fuck is happening in this fucking movie? Um, I wonder how common, like, gorillas are in porn, because, like, King Kong was such a massive... Oh, yeah. Thing. And I think it got people fucked up. <laughs> it fucked people up. It yeah. was very formative for these people. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is how a lot of kinks are formed. Like, something, like, turns your crank when you're a kid, and then all of a sudden... It's true, yeah. You're fucking gorilla, so... <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to look at the movies that I was watching as a kid. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, first movie I saw in theaters was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so, like... That's why you have that turtle blow-up doll. (laughs) (laughs) I like totos. (laughs) No, um... Wow, this one places. Um... One of the main reasons that uh, I wanted to look at this movie to begin with, just because none of us had seen it. This Mm -hmm. was a blind watch for all of us. Um, But it really delivered on this, was how fucking bisexual this movie is yes it's like super queer and super bi mm-hmm. uh were but, you expecting that like uh no not at all i was expecting you know the run-of-the-mill lady who's into ladies if a dude is watching kind of buy stuff uh the women almost never fuck <laughs> yeah there's the bush job and that's like yeah it. yeah the dudes certainly do um but it's not just that they're fucking like they're talking about why they're attracted to different people they're like talking about the fluidity of sexuality without like saying those words mm-hmm. um yeah it's kind of like like amazing like how every character in this movie is bisexual it seems yeah yeah like they yeah just across the board like we get yeah. um gert peeping on people and going to town with the cucumbers yes um she peeps on everybody, the men and the women that go through, and she seems just as into it. Like, she's yeah. more into it with each following person. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It has nothing to do with gender. Yeah. She's yeah. pansexual. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you get all the dudes commenting on Bond's, like, muscular hot body and all that yeah, kind of stuff. they're very into him. Like, they're so into Bond, but then they're also into the women, like, commenting yeah. on the women, but, like... Not as much as they're into Bond. Yes. So it's kind of this weird flipping around. Yeah. Um, and then we have Sash and Rue, who I assumed were going to be, like, a lesbian couple. Kind yeah. Of thing, because that's how they're set up. Like, yeah. Like, you mentioned a dominatrix kind of set up. Like, at yeah. the very beginning, it's like, all right, Sash, take off your dress so you don't get my car seats wet. And she's just, mm-hmm. like, doming her about, like, ordering yeah. her to strip. Yeah. And she's, like, humiliating her and, like... Yeah. I think I still, in my head canon, they do have a DS relationship. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but it's, like, maybe less sexual, and maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good enough for me. Yeah. The only character who didn't seem bi was the one that seemed gay. <laughs> Which um, was, um, what's his name? He ends up having sex with Sash. And then it's oh, also Chandler. bi. <laughs> yeah, Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he talks at, after his 
his wife died. Uh, he talks at length about how he's only attracted to men, can only be attracted to men. And then Sash dresses up as a dude and has oh, that scene was a, a prosthetic dick and they fuck. And it's like, damn. Yeah, she's just like, I want to get with you. And it's like, I don't swing that way kind of thing. And then yeah. she's just like, really? And she's like dressed up like Bond. Yeah. And she has this fucking prosthetic dick, like this big old Packer kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. And she's just like, hey, you're meeting me behind the Greyhound station, like in your fantasy. Let's fuck kind of thing. <laughs> And what time is the bus coming? Yeah. 10.25 to Houston. It's coming in fast. <laughs> I checked my watch and it's 10.24. Like, literally everything they say is fucking funny. Yeah, it's hard not to laugh at, like, every line of dialogue in this movie. Yes. Um, like, I feel it's very John Waters that way, where it's mm-hmm. just, like, long reams of dialogue that mm-hmm. are just so nonsensical in the funniest fucking way. Yeah. Um... Like, every scene has a punchline, pretty much. Yeah, it's, like, very, uh, especially his early films, like, it's very sort of, like, female trouble, multiple maniacs in that kind of way, and mm-hmm. it's great. I love that about this movie. Yeah. Because that's one of the things I love about John Waters' movies. Yeah. It does have multiple maniacs vibes, too, because yeah. it's so, like, what the fuck is happening now? Yeah, it's, like, so what the fuck is happening? Black yeah. and white, low rent, like... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's a person in an animal costume i guess the lobster's not a person in a costume but still <laughs> it's just a giant lobster puppet yeah um there is the carnival of of freaks at the start of multiple maniacs mm. and there's all there's all extended flashbacks to a carnival in this yes like that scene really gave me multiple maniacs vibes mm-hmm. which was kind of cool yeah yeah and like all the flashbacks like superimposed on the scene kind of mm. thing like that was yeah i feel like john Waters has done stuff like that before too yeah yeah because um, those movies, like Pink Flamingos and Multiple Maniacs, definitely predated this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how... Well, Pink Flamingos was a big midnight movie success, so I can't yeah. imagine that they that the people making this movie weren't aware of it. But yeah. Not that this comes off as, like, a rip-off or anything like that. No, but, like, more of, like, there's, like... It feels like there's, like, loving references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else about queer stuff that happens? There's a lot. But also, kind of not. They do end up coupling up in a hetero way at the end. That's true, yeah. It's like two hetero couplings driving off into the sunset. Yeah, and then a dude in a gorilla. But the gorilla's a girl, too. Yeah. (laughs) But the dude's in a wedding dress. I don't know. What's happening? Even the hetero (laughs) stuff is super queered in this. Yeah. um, Bond leaving with the woman who's jilting her country singer or husband Mm -hmm. kind of thing. He's uh, referring to how he bottomed, and he's just like, it's about time I got broken in, but hey, it's great, because if things don't work out with you, I can always get with your husband. Yeah. So even the hetero stuff it's is still so, so fucking queer. queer in this. Yeah, which is like, what a beautiful little thing. Yeah, like, I love that <laughs> about this movie, because it's just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just is. Um, yeah. Like, uh, when Toity and Bond are hooking up, Mm -hmm. uh, we get Rue... No, not Toity and Bond. Yeah. No, Bond and Willing are hooking up. Oh, yeah. And Toity and Rue are watching. Yes. And and being super thirsty. Mm -hmm. And then Toity and Bond hook up, and Chandler walks up and starts watching. And it's just, like, a stream of everyone just, like, let's just fuck all the time yeah it's shocking that there's no group sex of any kind because Holy they're shit, all yeah, there unless you unless you like consider people watching as part of it but like but that's like the extent of it yeah, yeah. it's always like yeah like i guess there's that part where chandler sits down in the chair and like lights up his pipe and that's like the closest we get yeah. to like active participation in all ways he does tell a story that i think is supposed to help them come but it's not it's the most abject sex story (laughs) i've ever heard in my life yeah it's not the business (laughs) i'll just say like it's parakeet scat yeah it's parakeet scat yeah that's what it is like okay no one asked for this but yeah no that was they're talking about like oh it's a punchline it's like oh so there's gonna be a joke here and you're like nope i'm just disturbed yep yeah, I'm, I'm like, I was going to say, I guess it's funny. It's just gross. The image, though, of a parakeet perched on someone's dick was hilarious until he talked about it pooping into someone's mouth. Yeah, that then part kind of made gross. it less hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No shame if you're into parakeet scat, but, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Even though we just judged the shit out of it. No judgment. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, would you recommend people watch this movie? Um, 100,000%. Okay, cool. I, uh, like, literally every single line is gold. Mm-hmm. It's way too long, but also I wouldn't cut anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I I haven't had this good of a time watching a movie in, like, a long time, I yeah. feel like. The um, intermission helps, because it splits it into two sort of shorter movies. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a uh, movie that would be good, like, drinking game, or, right. like, getting your friends together and just laughing your asses off. I would 100% recommend it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> this was a... Uh, it was a trip. It was, it was a, a wild ride, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you recommend it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. If you're a fan of John Waters' movies, especially his early stuff, like, you kind of need to see this movie. You do. Um, yeah, if you're a horror fan and a John Waters fan, this is, like, the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you're cool uh, with, like, just graphic explicit sex, because oh, it is yeah, technically yeah, yeah. porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, on purpose, even. Yes. It is, yeah. But, you know. Um, choose your company wisely when you watch this. Like, oh, there's yeah. a reason that it was the Spank Bank think tank that hung out and watched this movie. It's true. I forget that people don't have friends that they watch porn with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, a, you are a unique one, so. Mm, yeah. yeah. And we are, we are a unique group of pals. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Gal pals, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so recommendation time. Cool. What do you want to recommend? Um, all right, so. I want to recommend something, and I have to have a caveat before I recommend it. Um, it is a film from Trouble's Film, Trouble Films, which is um, a film, uh, a porn film studio from Courtney Trouble, who is a non-binary femme who has made incredible, incredible films that uh, really formed me and formed my porn preferences. Uh, in 2016, there was a bunch of stuff that came out um, about Courtney Trouble, uh, kind of dicking over one of their like longtime friends and employees uh you can look that up on uh if you look up kitty striker and courtney trouble you will find it mm-hmm. uh kitty put it all on tumblr <laughs> so can probably explain it better than me uh it's one of those things where we don't know what happened but i feel it would be disingenuous if i didn't say that before i talk about this film that i love right. a lot okay but the film is called nostalgia Okay. It's a 2004 film, and it is uh, actually kind of a parody film. <laughs> okay. But it um, it takes you on a trip through pretty much every major um, 70s hardcore film. Okay. Um, but they remake it with, uh, like, queer femme, like, lesbians. Oh, wow. Uh, it's hilarious. It's super great. Uh, and also it's, like, uh, cut between uh, these two uh, women watching it on a laptop and fucking while they're watching it. <laughs> Uh, and it's just incredible. And it's all about how, um, you can be nostalgic for something that's problematic and also kind of make it your own. Uh, right. so it has like a good message behind it. If you're thinking about porn, having good messages, <laughs> uh, and it is just like, it's fucking hilarious. It's also really hot. It's great. So, cool. Yeah. Nostalgia. Okay. Yeah. 2004. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, on Arya's behalf, because mm-hmm. she's unfortunately not here with us right now, mm-hmm. uh, I will mention that her recommendation was going to be Multiple Maniacs mm-hmm. by John Waters. Uh, we've mentioned it ever so briefly. It is a great movie. It's one of his early ones. So it's very rough compared to even his rougher, like, sort of Pink Flamingos, Female Trouble kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of his trademark wit and uh, just greatness and divine is just spectacular in this movie it's so good so uh criterion collection uh restored and released this very recently like within the last year or two and uh yeah it looks great it's yeah i mean given how rough quality the film is it looks as good as it probably can yeah well and the three of us saw it on the big screen in a theater that's right we went and saw it at the metro yeah yeah and even with you know the the big screen not really letting you get away with any like bad details or whatever. Mm-hmm. It still looked pretty good. Yeah. 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 There there was definitely um burgeoning polish there for a filmmaker kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Aria's recommendation and I fully stand behind that. Me too. Same yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my recommendation is going to be Alice in Wonderland, the triple X musical comedy. Incredible. Uh, have you seen <laughs> no, or I heard have of not. it? It is <laughs> Another one of those, like, golden age 
triple X what the fuck movies, mm-hmm. but it is a send up of the Alice in Wonderland story, but it's done as a comedy and a musical. That's so fun. It is so fucking bad shit <laughs> that again, it's like like a lot of the movies that we kind of cover on, with the Spank Bank Think Tank is you don't really watch it for what people assume you would watch porn for. It's more yes. just like there's such a high entertainment value to mm-hmm. be had beyond yep. that and this is one of those ones that it's hard to imagine someone being like oh hell yeah time to get down and dirty with alice in wonderland triple x musical comedy <laughs> kind of thing right yeah um but it is fucking hilarious <laughs> that sounds great also i've never seen a porn that's also a musical so okay yeah yeah that's the other big thing that's pretty incredible um, just to give you a taste there is uh, a very vampy um Red Queen, who is very much trying to get head. So, uh, just, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're, we're operating on here. Yeah, that's pretty A-plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that about does it for today. A bit of a clipped episode, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super cool to hang out and do this with you again. Yeah. Yeah. Have me back anytime. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I know that we want to do an episode about, like swinging and wife swapping and yeah. stuff like that. I've got some of those social hygiene movies about that. So it'll be a little more in keeping with um, the previous Bank bank Think Tank episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still just raunchy nonetheless. Yep. Here for it. <laughs> okay. Do you want to sign us off? Yes, I do. Take it easy and keep it sleazy. <laughs>